What happens when physical ugliness and paranoia collide? And then we travel to the world of imaginary friends. We've covered a lot of imaginary friends on this podcast recently. And of course, you know that this story is going to get grim. So what's going to happen? Is an imaginary friend going to try to possess the living? Is it going to try to kill them? Make them fall off of buildings? Tumble downstairs? No. This imaginary friend has something far more disgusting planned for this kid. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day here. I'm so worried about what that second story could possibly be. You're like, ah, I don't know, man. I'm sure there's another podcast I can listen to. Hey, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day, too, as I'm strapping you down. <laughs> strapping you down, you're forced to listen to this episode. This week is birthday week. This week is my birthday. My mom was in labor for seven days, so I get to spend every day the first week of October celebrating my birthday. My birthday is actually October 4th, but we're just gonna we're gonna talk about it all week long. Someone who loves talking about my birthday, someone who forever just sits around and waits for October 4th to come around so they can feel alive once more. Walking into Dead Rabbit Command is one of our live stream contributors. Get on your feet and give it up for YouTube. Woohoo, yeah! <laughs> YouTube's crawling on in. Uh, I don't know, probably. <laughs> I don't know why he's crawling. I figured maybe he's like a cat because he's mewing. YouTube, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, can't support the show financially, I totally understand. I really do. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know. Dead Rabbit Radio is your favorite paranormal show. And there is one thing I wanted to talk about before we officially get started. But MewTube, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the hair hang glider. Everyone grab onto his furry little waist as he jumps off the highest point of Dead Rabbit Command. I just realized this is a bad episode to have. I don't know, is Mew a Mewtube? It's not a cat. I don't know what Mew sounds like a cat noise, like Meow, but with the O missing. Mewtube is not a cat. I'm making that very clear because the, the imaginary friend story involves cats. Mewtube, let's go ahead and grab onto his ankles, his human, his very human ankles as he jumps off the highest point in Dead Rabbit Command. Glide us all the way out to Las Vegas. I got to touch on this real quick. I don't want to spend too much time on it because it's big in the news right now. It's going to be big in the news for a while. Longtime listeners of Dead Rabbit Radio know I'm a huge fan of rap music. And I'm a huge fan of Tupac. And they just have officially, for the very first time, arrested someone in connection with Tupac's murder. It took them 27 years. And the way this story played out, like, there's a, you had to read a couple different articles to figure out what exactly happened. So I'm going to kind of put it in a very... Because it's a fascinating true crime story. And for me, a fascinating conspiracy story. Because I was one of those guys who... I couldn't believe that Tupac was killed. I, I remember... I didn't see it in the news the night before. I walked into... I was at American River College at the time. I was in journalism program. I remember it was, I believe it was a Tuesday when he was killed. I remember, it might have been a Monday, I came into 
the journalism office, the news office, and I had a pep in my step. I felt great. Everything in the world was going just fine because I hadn't read the news yet. Huge, massive Tupac fan. I remember I walked into the room and I was so happy. Uh, two of my friends who were sitting there, they're they the editors of the paper, Vivian and Bridget, they looked at me and Bridget goes, have you heard the news? And I was all doing a little jig and doing a little dance. Well, do, 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 do. And I go, what? I was that happy they could tell that I had not opened the newspaper. And Bridget goes, this was back in 96, Bridget goes, Tupac got shot. And um, I remember I pretty much didn't, <laughs> I didn't do anything the rest of the day. Like, Jason, we got deadlines. We're a newspaper, too. We have to write articles. I'm all sobbing over the keyboard. Tupac was shot in Las Vegas after a Mike Tyson fight. It was some, September 7th, 1996. He was riding in a motorcade of about 10 other cars sitting next to his manager, Suge Knight. Got shot multiple times. The shooters did the attack in a rented Cadillac they sped off. And I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I could, and, and here's the thing. I couldn't accept it. I was like, no way. There's no way Tupac got shot. He was the biggest rapper in the world at that time. All Eyes on Me was still in the top 10, if not number one. It sold 5 million copies. No way. No way. And I'm sure this is how people felt when Kennedy got shot or Elvis got shot. Elvis, <laughs> Elvis didn't get shot. There was a Mandela effect when Elvis died on his toilet. Tupac... I remember piecing the clues together. I remember be believing in the conspiracy that Tupac faked his death. Because he his next album, his first posthumous album, was uh, The Seven Day Theory. That's what the name of it. And he it was called Machiavelli. That was his other rap name. A lot of rappers have a couple different names. And it was a picture of him crucified. And the version was was that people were out to get him, so he faked his death. He'll be back in seven years. The seven-day theory alluded to the seven years. This is really big in the hip-hop community at the time. We just couldn't believe it. And he didn't, come, <laughs> he didn't come back, right? I waited and nothing. I remember making a bet with someone at a bar, a random bar, because I was talking about how Tupac was still alive. And the guy goes, "If I'll bet you 100 bucks that Tupac is dead. And I took that bet. Also, I knew... <laughs> I would never see this guy again, right? This was like three years into the seven-year cycle. But it's super interesting because I totally bought into the conspiracy theory that he was on an island somewhere, and you'd see pictures of people that look like Tupac here to there. And then there's the other conspiracy theory that Suge Knight had something to do with it. Suge Knight, notorious gangster, also head of Death Row Records, was sitting right next to Pac when... Tupac was shot multiple times, and Suge Knight got like a little piece of like bullet fragment in his head. And if you look at the last photo of Tupac alive, Tupac looks kind of sad, and Suge Knight looks determined as he's like looking ahead in the car. There's also, I mean, we, the hip hop community, true crime community, they do cross over quite a lot because a lot, a lot of rappers are criminals. You have this, uh, we couldn't accept these things. Like Suge Knight must have done it. If you listen to Machiavelli's album, The Seven Day Theory, at the very beginning, you can kind of hear someone go, Tupac, you can, you can recognize it as Tupac's voice. But it sounds like it says, Suge shot me. And it's like in the first half second of the album. I remember when someone pointed that out to me, I was like, what? I knew it, Suge. Suge, you killed him. I didn't do anything about it. It's not like I went to Compton. I was like, I'm going to find Suge Knight and I'm going to get revenge. I was like, oh no, uh, Suge Knight's going to kill me too if I talk about this. But I believe that conspiracy theory for the longest time. 
And, uh, yeah, it was just really hard to accept that. Like, it took me seven years. <laughs> I'm looking at my watch. I'm like, oh, Tupac, you better come back soon. I don't have $100, and I owe that guy, plus I miss you. Well, what ha- the reason why I'm talking about this now, this is a true crime and conspiracy story close to my heart. The reason why I'm talking about it now is because it's big news. They just arrested, uh, the Las Vegas police just arrested a man named Dwayne Davis, a.k.a. Kef D or Keef D, one of the two, lame name anyways. He's 60 years old at this point, and he's the only living witness to the Tupac. This is this blew my mind. I go, how did it take him so long to catch this guy? Apparently, he's the only living witness to the people who shot Tupac. He was in the car. He was in the Cadillac when they opened fire on Tupac's car. And what happened was a couple of years ago, and people knew this. People knew who he was because he was related to this other guy through a gang affiliation called Orlando Anderson, who they thought had started this whole thing. Orlando Anderson and his Crips earlier in the year had attacked one of Tupac's buddies and tried to snatch the gold, the death row gold medallion off of Tupac's friend's chest. Tupac's fellow gang member. So now we jump forward. That was in January 1996. Now we're in September. They see Orlando Anderson walking around L.A. after this Mike Tyson fight, and Tupac and his buddies jump Orlando, and then a couple hours later, Tupac is killed. We always, I always thought Suge Knight had something to do with it. But the the mainstream narrative was that this was completely gang-related. Well, anyways, uh, we knew, I didn't know, but apparently the cops knew that Dwayne Davis was in the car, in that Cadillac, and they've known since at least 2018. If not just a suspicion because they knew they ran together. What happened? This is the way the world works sometimes. Everyone else in that... Orlando Anderson is the one they, they think actually pulled the trigger on Tupac. He died in an unrelated gang shooting like two years later. Everyone, I think there was four people in that Cadillac. All of them are dead except for Dwayne. And and back in 2018, Dwayne got diagnosed with cancer. So he goes, well, (laughs) doctor, how long do I have to live? Doctor's like, three months. I don't know exactly if they gave him a timeline. But in 2018, he's like, oh, I'm dying, Martha. I'm dying of cancer. Coming up to see you. I better confess to what I know. So he starts telling people, you know, now what is this? Seven years later, five years later, he's still alive. He goes... I was in the Cadillac that night. He was really confirming it. I was in the Cadillac that night. And then he wrote a book in 2019 because he still thinks he's dying pretty soon, right? He writes a book in 2019 called Compton Street Legend, which got published. It was out. Everyone had access to this book. And in this book, Dwayne says, not only was I in the Cadillac the night that Tupac got shot, we were the ones who shot at him. He says, I'm the one who got the gun. I'm the one who hid the gun after it was used. I'm the one who got the Cadillac repaired, any sort of paint damage or damage done to the vehicle I got repaired. And this is creepy. The idea that it was a rented Cadillac, I did not know that was an element. I said that earlier in the episode, but I didn't know that was a piece of the puzzle. It was. It was a rented Cadillac. So Dwayne goes and he gets it all repaired and drops it back off at the rental service and walks away. Which means that other people were renting this car. It's not like they're like, well, you've been retired. <laughs> it's just been used to kill Tupac. 
the the Hertz rent a car or whatever it was goes, okay, put it in a lot B. It was probably rented out again that night. Imagine you're driving around in a rental car where four men had conspired to murder and successfully pulled off the murder of one of the greatest rappers of all time, or greatest modern rapper, if you really, I think he's the greatest rapper, top five. But that's weird to think. You wonder what goes on. When you rent a car, you imagine people have probably had sex in this car. You're like, Jason, I never ever thought of that, but thanks. Now you're on your way to a rental car company right now. You're all, oh, man, why do I listen to this podcast at the most inopportune times? I imagine whenever you get behind the wheel of a rental car, somebody has had sex in that car. And to really probably multiple people, not like an orgy or anything, but you know, like, you know, two people. Every 10th time someone rents out that car, someone's probably banged in it. So, you know, there you go. But I never I never would have thought, oh, I wonder if anyone's been murdered in this one. I wonder if this is the car that drove Oswald to the grassy knoll. I mean, the book depository. The book depository is where the shot came from. Never thought about that. But anyway, so he wrote this book in 2019. <laughs> he admitted to all this stuff. And the police finally arrested him. They arrested him. And they go, we're charging him with being the guy who organized the hit. Which, I mean, he pretty much admitted to it. He's the one who got the gun. He's Definitely, there's a lot of crime there. He's 60 years old. So, he looked, when they arrested him, he's like on a walk in this suburban neighborhood, just chilling. Just, you know, walking down the street, probably coming back from Costco or something like that. A bunch of cops swarm him. He's probably thinking, this hasn't happened to me in like 30, 40 years. <laughs> like when he was in his 20s, I'm sure the cops are on him a lot. He was a member of the Crips. But now he's just like, he's like, oh man, I can't wait to check my stock portfolio at home and then watch some The View. And next thing you know, his cops are all over him. And I, I'm sure that he, I mean, it's not even, <laughs> he admitted to it, right? It's not like, I'm like, oh, I hope, I hope they find out whether or not he did it. He admitted to it several times. Interesting story though. Interesting story. We'll see. And, What's it? It'll be super interesting because now I think you, even the conspiracy theories you love the most, when evidence comes out that it's not true, you, I can't be like, nope, Suge shot him. Suge totally shot him. Suge is not a nice person. He's most likely had people killed before. I do believe Suge Knight gave Easy E AIDS. <laughs> not like they went out on a date or something like that. Suge Knight's like, hey, you know, Easy, I really like your flow. Uh, why don't we uh, have a romantic evening together? There's the conspiracy theory that Suge Knight ordered someone to inject him with AIDS-tainted, like a, a AIDS-tainted needle. Because he made a joke about that. I'll see if I can find the audio clip. He made a joke about that on a late night show. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Suge Knight, he's, <laughs> he might not have murdered Tupac, but I'm sure he's murdered other people. But I think if this case, I mean, he's, this guy's admitting to it, it goes to trial, he's found guilty, you know, at a certain point I have to go, I guess Suge didn't shoot him. Maybe Suge was truly innocent in this, <laughs> in this particular case. Suge Knight is in jail right now for murdering a guy. He accidentally ran over one of his friends. I mean, he's, he's, not, a, he's not a nice person. He went to where they were shooting straight out of Compton with, Ice Cube was there and Dr. Dre was there. It was the story of N.W.A. Suge Knight's a character in that movie. And no, Ice Cube and Dr. Dre don't like Suge Knight. So he was like, oh, I want to see what they're saying about me. Uh. So he drives out to where they're doing the shoot. And he probably just asked for a script, right? He probably just had his lawyers be like, hey, we want to take a look at this. He drives out there. They're shooting something. 
and the altercation breaks out and Suge Knight gets in his car and drives away and runs over one of Suge Knight's friends. He runs over one of his own friends as he's leaving the scene. So he's in prison for manslaughter. But anyways, uh, interesting true crime, interesting conspiracy story. And possibly paranormal. Maybe I will be visited by Tupac's ghost tonight. One can only hope. MewTube, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy where we're leaving behind Las Vegas. Why don't you drive us all the way out to a bedroom? A bedroom in someone's house. Pretty basic, nondescript location. And, and this story here is so weird. And it might be cruel. I don't think it's cruel. <laughs> I don't think it's cruel as I'm trying to hold back my laughter. I'm telling you right now. I don't think it's cruel. I've never seen anything like this before. I've never seen anything like this before. I don't want it to come off that I'm making fun of these people. Or this group of people. You're like, oh no, Jason. It's your birthday week. Don't get your show canceled. No. I've just never come across anything like this. I know it exists. And listen, I do not consider myself a particularly good looking person. If you asked me to rate myself on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd say a 5. And I think that's been pretty consistent through my life. A 5. I think I'm pretty average looking. But I understand that there are people who would not find me attractive at all, who'd probably go like, no, you're like a three. The reason why I bring all this up, because I I guess I've never, there may be times where my, my self-esteem is a little bit lower, especially when I was younger, that I would rate myself lower. I guess I've never considered myself, like, ugly. But I could, I could understand, and I could understand points where I was the ugliest person in a room. Like, I'm going out to a club, and everyone's super fit and everyone's really good looking and they have perfect teeth and all that stuff. I get that I'm not I get that I'm the ugliest person in the room. I don't I don't then leave the room and climb the bell tower. But like I understand that there are times where I'm the least attractive person in the room. I get it. Um, the reason why I'm saying all that is because there's this there are people, it breaks, this story kind of breaks my heart, right? This story is sad, and it's something that I, I, I never really thought of before. People who are so ugly that they lose grip, they lose touch with reality. Like, I, that's, it's a bizarre form. Uh, like, at this point, I think, I, I don't know what these people look like. None of them are posting pictures anywhere. And so that's part of the thing that you're probably curious about. But would you, <laughs> would you post a picture if you thought you were so ugly that it was affecting your mental health? That's, that's what we're talking about here. We're not talking about, oh, I put on a couple pounds. Now I got to fit into that tux from my buddy's wedding. We're talking about a level of ugliness. There's no photos that we can look at. We're talking about a level of ugliness that affects your mental health. Let's take a look at these posts. There's a guy, he went online. I can't, he deleted his account, but he posted online under the name Somebody's Vincent. Somebody's Vincent. And I don't want to spend too much time doing this. I do want to talk about the imaginary friend. I, and, and when I read this to you, I want you to think... Is this true or 
is he exaggerating? Not like he's trying to get sympathy online, but is his brain, is he paranoid? Is a good way to put it. Is he paranoid? Almost borders on gang stalking. He says if he's sitting on a train or a bus, no one will ever sit next to him because he's so ugly. He said people will actually walk up and down. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try. Listen, I'm going to try not to laugh. I'm not making fun of... I don't know what this guy looks like. He says he's ugly. He goes, people will walk up and down... (laughs) He says people will walk up and down the length of the train to find a seat other than sitting next to him. Sometimes, there'll be a seat next to me, and then every other seat in the car will be full, and a total stranger will walk onto the bus or train... Look at the empty seat next to me and then sit on the lap of another stranger rather than sit next to me. And I go, that's not real. That's not true. I cannot imagine a businessman sitting down and then another businessman walking on a train and looking around and being like, okay, (laughs) he sits on the dude's lap. I don't... See, this is the thing. I don't think that's ever happened. I think... Someone might have sat on somebody's lap and he thought they were total strangers, but they knew each other. They they work together. These two businessmen have a very close business relationship. They sit on each other's laps, too. I thought that doesn't sound real. It sounds like something he's observed and he's really taken out of context and turning it into something. He says his coworkers never invite him to do stuff after work. He He attributes that to his ugliness he goes they talk to me while i'm at work everything's hunky-dory but they never invite me out i don't know if that's because you're ugly there could be a bunch of reasons why people don't invite you out but again paranoia i i try like no one ever invites me out at my job oh I, I the other day i was walking out of work and someone goes hey are you going to the the party the restaurant place and i go no no i didn't know there, i mean like that literally happened like a couple weeks ago hey you get, Divots was the name of the place. You going to Divots after work? And I was like, what? No. And they go, oh, you didn't get the email? And I go, no, no, but it's fine. I got plans anyways. And then I went home and I <laughs> no one sent me an email either. And they did not invite me to this company party. It happens to me. But I don't go, oh, I must be so ugly. But also, when I'm on a bus, people will sit next to me. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh. Anyways, you're not going to go over this whole thing. He says no one holds the door open for him. He said, he said that this, listen, this has happened to me. This is probably like a 75, 25 to me. Sometimes they do this and sometimes they don't. He goes, when I'm sitting at a table all alone, and let's say there's like two chairs there. He's sitting at a table at a bar or restaurant all alone. Someone comes in and they need an extra chair. They'll take his, his extra chair, but they won't ask. They won't go, oh, is someone coming? Do you have a friend? Are they going to join you? He goes, they just take the chair. It's almost like they can't believe that I would not have somebody with me. That I would have somebody coming to meet me. So they just take the chair. That happens to me. I'd probably say 25% of the time, they just take the chair. They don't say anything. (laughs) It's so funny because I'm comparing myself to this guy. I was like, I don't know. Maybe I'm not a five. Maybe that's a little being a little generous. I'm like, yeah, that happened to me too. All this stuff is happening to me. 
He's saying, you know, all of this stuff, all of this stuff that's going on. He's been on Tinder for about six years now. No dates and three matches. But all the matches were women being overtly cruel to him to see. this. Well, here's the thing. This is what he thinks they're doing. Because I've been on Tinder for six years. I've gotten three matches. And each time it was a woman seeing how cruel she could be to me before I stopped talking to her. So that's possible, right? It's possible uh, someone was doing that. <laughs> I mean, it sounds kind of funny. It's not doing it to me, but I could see 20-year-old Jason hopping on a uh, Tinder account and doing that. It'd be kind of uh, cruel, cruel, for sure, sure. I'm not saying that it wouldn't be mean, but I could see myself. It's kind of a practical joke. <laughs> person on the other side of the phone is just sobbing. I'm all, ha, 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 what a fun joke. Now let's take a train. <laughs> then the joke's on me. No one will sit next to me on the train, no. And I think we get down to this thing where he's talking about his cleanliness. He says, I always got fresh clothes. I always use deodorant. I brush my teeth. <laughs> wow, this guy's a superstar. I don't do all that. <laughs> fresh clothes? Is this a paranormal story? <laughs> fresh clothes, deodorant. I I don't really use deodorant that much anymore. Fresh clothes, <laughs> deodorant, brushing teeth. Wow. And here's the thing. He, he, he could be doing those things. He could be brushing his teeth. I thought it was interesting. He started off this sentence with, I shower every other day. Now, I don't wear deodorant anymore because I don't need to wear it. It's this weird quirk that's how, like, if I don't wear deodorant for two or three days, you will start to smell B.O. But I don't put it on every day anymore. It's a weird thing. And I'm still going on these long walks. I'm just dripping sweat by the time I get to work. I don't want to take the train anymore. It's too hurtful. Um, I don't wear deodorant anymore, mostly because uh, I know it's not great for health, right? It blocks in a bunch of toxins. You're supposed to sweat from your armpits. Anyways, I would wear it, though, if I was stinky, but I'm not. I'm not. So I don't. I wear deodorant probably every other day, sure. I brush my teeth. I brush my teeth every day, but I know you're supposed to brush them like three or four times a day. I think that's a little excessive, even though the nubs. You're like, all right, look at my... No cavities. Yeah, but you don't have any teeth either. You brushed them away. Um, I shower every day. I shower every day. I wash my hair every other day, but I definitely shower every day. And this guy, I mean, like, he might not be that ugly. But here, I used to, I think I've talked about this before on the show. And if I haven't, here's a revelation for you. I should also tell you we're not getting to the imaginary friend story. Because we're not done with this. I got another. Because <laughs> you're sobbing. You're like, this isn't entertaining at all this is some poor guy talking about his his awful life yeah but it's also i think it's making him paranoid i think it's messing with his head it's destroying this is borderline gang stalking mentality that everyone has this plan against them because he's ugly everyone's going out of their way to not open the door for him i think i mean this guy maybe he just needs <laughs> that wouldn't that be awful if your life sucked you're like, why is my life so terrible? All you had to do was take an extra shower. Like, imagine if you'd spent 20, 30 years of your life. Like, why doesn't anyone want to date me? Why am I so alone? And then you meet someone and they go, dude, you're kind of stinky. And they're like, what? You're like, yeah, I know people can't smell themselves, but you're stinky. They're standing across the street. They're like, I can smell you from over here, buddy. And then you start showering every day instead of every other day. And then all of a sudden, 
people start coming up to you. Smell is one of those things that people have a a like a visceral reaction to. It's also one of the things that we don't talk to each other about. If your buddy has bad breath or stinky armpits or whatever, you don't tell them. <laughs> Did you just say you don't smell? How do you know all your friends? And you said you can't smell yourself. Maybe you should wear deodorant. Well, I don't know, but I hear it from a lot of people because I'll ask. Does my breath stink? If you ask the question, they'll respond honestly. <laughs> my armpit, I'm walking up to people. Hey, buddy, what's up, man? Get your nose up in there. Do I stink? Do I need to start wearing deodorant? Mewtwo, we're going to have to have you back on tomorrow's episode for the imaginary friend story. Because I got one more story along these lines here. Let's go to the other side. Because you think... Where where did we take the Oh, we're in the bedroom. That's that's perfect. Yeah, we took the car to the bedroom. The reason why we're in the bedroom is not for Vincent. It's for this other person that I found online. And their username is sad. So I'm trying not to laugh as I say it. I truly feel for these people. I know it doesn't sound like that. If you're a first time listener, you're like, where's the ghost? It said paranormal podcast. This guy talked about Tupac for 20 minutes. And then the last minute he goes, oh, maybe he's a ghost. And now he's talking about people who are so ugly. This is heartbreaking stuff. This isn't paranormal. This is horrible. Anyways, we're about to meet this woman whose username is Renee is very ugly. That's her username. Renee is very ugly. Listen, I'm a huge believer that what you put out in the universe, you get back. If your username is about how ugly you are, you're just reinforcing that view that you have out on the universe. The universe is like, okay, you think you're ugly. Okay, I'm going to give you ugly <laughs> ugly stuff to do. I'm going to, you know, that's you're creating your own reality. When you're doing that. Anyways, we're going to go ahead and call this person Renee. She says that 24 hours a day. Well, before I back, before I go forward, let me back up. This is, I got this from a subreddit called Forever Alone Women. Forever Alone Women. The, they're very, like, their rules are no men. No men, no women in relationships. And they also say no women who are like going through a dry spell or recently divorced, anything like that. No, there are other subreddits like Lonely. And that sounds like that'd be a fun subreddit to check out too. That'll be in the next episode because there's a subreddit for lonely people. This one is forever alone. This is for women who are so unattractive that they have never been with anybody before. Or if they had been, it was years ago. It's nothing recent. A lot, you look through the subreddit, you see a lot of women who are virgins, a lot of women who have never dated anyone ever. And what's interesting is they say the same thing you see in the incel communities. Those all got wiped off of Reddit, but you can find them other places online. All they want to do is hold somebody's hand. Like when you really get into the nitty gritty of the incel movement and this forever alone women... It's, I just want to hold someone's hand. I want to... They'll talk about seeing like a poster or watching a television ad where a woman kind of leans her head over on a man's shoulders and closes her eyes and the man just sitting there. 
and that they'll begin sobbing because they've never had that in their life. They've never been walking down the street and someone just reach out and grab their hand and they walk together. It's just not a physical sensation that they've ever had. And you see that in both the incel movement and the incel movement originally was a group of women who couldn't get dates. Now, again, not like they're going to get dates because, oh, you know, I used to be dating a lot in high school, but now I got two kids and it's a lot harder. No, no, no. They just can't. Like, no one asks them out. Incel women will often say, "I listen, I could go to a bar and, and have sex. Yeah, that's not what I want. I want someone to hold my hand. I want somebody that when I wake up in the morning that I can cuddle with. Like they're the emotion. They go. The emotional component is not there. That's what I want. Yes, you're right. A woman could go to a bar, and all. But they go. Th- th- that's a terrible. That's they're gross. The dudes at bars are gross. Yes, I could do that. You're right. But I don't want to. But they'll also make the same claims that incels go. They go. Well, the men only go for the prettiest girls. Like I'm the one he's left behind, with you know the, the scrubs and TLC warned us about them. I. But even then, they're like, not like I want that most handsome guy in the world. They go, I just want someone to hold my hand. That's all I want. That's all I want. Forever Alone Women is like that, but it's even more tragic. Because they're just like, I've never I've never held somebody's hand. Someone can be an incel and had a relationship earlier on. Let's look at Renee's post here. She says, 24 hours. <laughs> I'm talking to myself. Everyone's like, nope. Whatever's about to come out of Jason's mouth is one going to be terribly sad, and two is going to be interrupted by lots of laughter, lots of inappropriate laughter. You're like, nah, I'm good. How do I? How do I cancel my Patreon support again? Renee, she lives in a fantasy world. She says that 24 hours a day, she lives a life of pretend. This one is really tragic. This one is really sad. She's created this fantasy world for her to help her deal with the real world. And she says, quote, I literally imagine myself living in another world all the time. Where I'm pretty, funny, and people care about me. The guy I love loves me back. I'm a completely different person living a completely different life, and that's not even comparable to the hell that I'm living in. I made a whole story about myself, and I even talked to the characters that I've created in my imaginary world. At first, I didn't mind it. It was making me feel better, making me happier than I had ever been. But now I'm very concerned. Every second of my life, I wish I lived that life, and I find myself stuck in my room crying. And talking to myself. And then there's going to be a expletive here if you're listening to this at work. You're like, no one's listening to this episode at work. <laughs> they're right. Unless they work at like a psychologist's office. And they're wondering about you. Quote, I swear I'm so fucking worthless as an ugly woman. I just want to die as soon as possible. I don't even want to be pretty anymore. I hate waking up every day and feeling empty. It is literally making me sick every morning I wake up. 
Living is just a reminder of what I don't and what I will never have. God, I just want to die. Like, it's heartbreaking, right? <laughs> it's <laughs> You're crying. You're like, oh, Jason, this is... This is the saddest episode you've ever done. That poor woman. It, I don't think it's the saddest episode I've ever done. I think it's probably up in the top five now that it's recorded. When I just have these notes, I was like, oh, this will make a good way to start off the episode. Then we'll get to an imaginary friend. Renee, I mean, really, almost seems on the verge of crafting a tulpa. She's creating this world. And here's the thing. I've done that too. I can also see that I've talked about it before on the show. I have this imaginary space opera world, universe, galaxy. It's really, they've never left the galaxy. Or have they? We're trying to find that lost fleet. You're like, what are you talking about? I guess I should explain if this isn't your, if this is your first episode. Back when I was in high school... I created this fictional world in my head, this fictional galaxy in my head with all of these competing powers. It's basically like my own original Star Trek or Star Wars or whatever with my own characters. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, an R2-D2 saves the day. I'm getting sued in my brain. I'm like, oh, man. And I, I, from probably about 15 to my early 20s, I crafted this story every night before I go to bed. Like, as I'm laying in bed, I'll tell myself this story and it kept you know evolving and then i took maybe about 10 years off maybe more and then i rebooted it back when i was turned 35 probably 2010 2011 i did a full reboot i brought everything back to the beginning of the story and started telling it to myself again it's better this time and i've been doing that now for what i turned 47 in a couple days so it's been about 12 years i i don't do it every single night but i'd probably say more nights than not that's my bedtime story i was like oh what are they up to today Will they find the cure for that crippling disease? They're like all existing for real in my mind. They're like, cure us, Jason. Don't take a night off. And that's what I'm saying with, with her. I've also created this fantasy world. The difference is, is that while that world is cooler, I don't feel myself getting lost in it. But here's the thing. I could see that happening in different life experiences. Like I could see if I was a hobo out riding the rails and I was eating nothing but beans. And I have my little bindle on a stick. And the life is so horrible. I was sitting there. I'm like, oh, take me away. Take me away to the edge of the galaxy dreams. I want to fly with my friends. And then <laughs> just walking around and panhandling out of sight. Give me money while my brain's in space. They're like, what? What does that mean while daydreaming is I'm supposed to be panhandling? And then I'm recycling cans. And I was like, oh, this reminds me of that time those robots <laughs> a giant garbage machine <laughs> even the other bums are like dude that guy's nuts he's always talking out loud making laser noises choo, 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 choo. i could see like my life is pretty pretty chill it's not the best life it's not the worst life i rated a five no it's a little bit higher than that i enjoy my life but i could see in another circumstance me wanting to retreat into the fictional world that i've created i mean it's it's been going on for over a decade so it's really detailed She's done the same thing. I think that, you know, she probably at first just wanted to imagine holding somebody's hand. 
just wanted to imagine being loved by somebody. And then it almost became a drug. She kept daydreaming so much that it's 24 hours a day. I mean, at this point, you're, you are thinking about creating a tulpa. Like, that's the level. You're almost about to flip reality. Law of attraction type stuff. I think what probably is keeping her, quote unquote, grounded, it's not good. I would like to see her shift to a universe where all these things are true, is that she probably still truly believes she's ugly. If you want to be successful using the law of attraction, or if you just want to be successful in general, you can't think about how poor you are all the time. Because the universe is going to give you what you want. Even if it's a negative, right? If you think, oh, I'm poor all the time, the universe is like, oh, he's he's fine. He's fine being poor. Look him more poor stuff. If you go around thinking how ugly you are, even if you're spending so much of your mental power crafting a world where you're not, it's going to keep you tied down. And it's tragic because if, I mean, someone who's able to pretend 24 hours a day and not be totally insane, it's possible that they could really, really achieve some big goals using the law of attraction. But she's still stuck in that physical thing, talking about how ugly she is. Again, we don't have a photo. That that's the thing. Like, and I don't know if that would help, right? It wouldn't be like, woo, she sure is ugly, man. She deserves. You know what I mean? Like, I think there is this curiosity of what they look like. But also, you imagine because I I was all over the subreddit not too long ago. I found the subreddit. And I said, oh, this is crazy. I've never seen anything like this. Um, the Vincent one was from a different, it wasn't, that's not a woman. It was from a different subreddit. I found that first a while back, but this forever alone women, you think I'd like to see a picture of this person because I imagine they're not as bad looking as they think they are. But even if that was true, let's say she posted her picture and she looked decent. She looked decent. What are you going to say to her? Right. You're going to go, Oh, you look, you look nice. You, you always kind of up it a bit, right? You don't go, ah, you look decent. You look decent now. You're not quite ugly, but you're skimming the line. You wouldn't say that. You always compliment up. But that doesn't change anything. She thinks she's ugly. Like, even if you could show the picture to somebody and people go, what? No, she's not unattractive at all. She's going to think she's ugly. And that's the first thing to start with. Really, my advice to both. And I know you guys are <laughs> breath. You're like, what's Jason going to say? What's Jason's take on all of this? My advice has always been, whether you're a male incel or a female forever alone, uh, uh, my advice, but again, I'm not, I'm nor, I'm not normal. So I, uh, my advice probably wouldn't work for most people. Um, I don't care about any of it. Like legit don't care. I think there's, the world is so vast. Who cares if you ever hold somebody's hand? That's my thing. I don't, I, I thrive when I'm isolated. I thrive when I'm around people as well. I'm an introvert and an extrovert. I guess I'm just a vert. But if you can't get a girl, don't let it consume you. Don't spend 24 hours a day. In her case, she wants a man. But don't, if you're looking for somebody and you can't get one, I can never play professional football. I will never be able to play professional football. All those restraining orders keep me from going into the stadiums. But I'll never be able to play professional football. So I don't care. I don't care. (laughs) I'm recording this episode in a big football jersey. I'm all wiping away tears. Uh, Every time I go to the bench, everyone moves away. (laughs) No one will sit next to me on the warm-up bench. Uh, there's a lot of stuff I know I can't do, so I don't really care about it. Like, I, I'd love to draw. I'd love to make comic books. 
I'd love to be a comic book author, but I can't draw. Every so often I'll be like, oh, dude, that would be really cool if I could do that. Like, what an amazing life that would be if I was telling stories through comics. And then I'll think for about a couple minutes and I go, eh, well, I can't. That'll never happen. And to me, again, I might be the outlier. To me, that's how I view human touch and support. Like, yeah, it's cool walking down the street, holding someone's hand. But if you've ever done it, you can only do it for so long. And then their hand gets all clammy and stuff or it gets like hard because all of a sudden there's like obstacles in the way. It's like a lamppost or a child and you got to let go of their hand and then you got to get their hand again. It's, it's, way, it's way too much work, guys. It's not that it's all cracked up to be human touch, human touch. I think I was one of those babies they ran an experiment on where the doctor says, don't touch this baby for 10 days. Let's see what it does to him. I turned out just fine. I turned out just fine. Yeah, that's my thing, though. I know the MGTOW movement and the men going their own way movement got a really bad rap. It was very, very absorbed into the whole Andrew Tate in Seldom type of thing. But I think the message of just being like, who who cares if you have a girlfriend? Go, you, you like bird watching? Yeah. Well, then go bird watch. Don't bird watch because you might meet a girl bird watching. Just do what you enjoy. Do what invigorates you. And it's not so, and eventually a girl will come around. No, just, you like playing video games? You like writing sonnets? You like going for long hikes? Do it. That's what men going their own way started as, and very quickly got absorbed into a... The insult dumb, it came, became very bitter towards women. But I think the idea works for both men and women. Just, if, if, if it's not going to work out for you, Cry about it for 10 minutes and then move on with your life. Because to sit there for 24 hours a day imagining this world, you're wasting away the one you're in. This woman's actually in some pretty critical, like she's super, super depressed. I wish she was talking to a therapist about this. It was She posted it quite a few months ago. Um, her last post was about four months ago. So I hope everything's okay. But that that's my take on it. I just thought it was an interesting subculture. It wasn't meant to take up the entire episode. It, definitely, when I reread my notes, I was not laughing. <laughs> when I was looking over my notes before I did this, I go, oh, this is an interesting look at a subculture probably most people don't know about. I did not expect to be laughing so much. So <laughs> I do apologize for that as I'm laughing, apologizing. But an interesting look at a subculture that exists. And you do have to think, like, when you're walking around, you see people, and you, I, I can't imagine someone who's so ugly, no one wants to sit next to him on a train. You would rather sit on the lap of a total stranger. I mean, not sitting next to someone on the train, I can see, I don't like sitting next to people anywhere. But, um, I wouldn't sit on someone's lap. <laughs> Guys, like, there's an empty seat right there next to an ugly dude. And then there's a guy sitting here and I'm like lowering myself on his lap. He's like, ah, his hips shatter. Ah, I just had him replace the surgery. Those hips were titanium. I keep sitting down. He's all, ah, I find out that I'm the saw trap. I was the saw trap all along. Mewtwo, we're going to have you back for tomorrow's episode. Strap in because it's a very creepy and disturbing one. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.